If you're the kind of dad who gives your 15-year-old daughter a curfew and she gives you a hard time about it, and you say, well, if a curfew is good enough for the whole country of Spain, then it's good enough for you, then this is the podcast for you. We are Bad to the Dad with Coach Randy and Adam D. Yes, we are the fastest growing dad theme podcast in all of humanity. Also the podcast celebrating suburban dad life, urban dad life, rural life. If you're living in a yurt, yeah, we got you covered too. We are Bad to the Dad. My name is Adam D. And I am so happy to reintroduce to you the man who is the other man on the podcast, and that's Coach Randy. Coach! Hey, Adam D. Episode 9 of Season 4. In the den, three dads walk into a podcast. That's what we're calling this episode. Three dads walk into a podcast. And why are we saying three dads walk into a podcast? Because we have comedian, storyteller, entertainer, writer, Mark Schiff, uh, wonderful storyteller. He has toured with Jerry Seinfeld for the better part of 15 years. But um, you drop a name of a comedian, and this guy is going to have a story about that comedian. Now, we, uh, we heard him. He has some good shtick. Had some yeah. great shtick. We saw him perform for a uh, benefit at benefit. our synagogue back in December when people would gather yes, for uh, entertainment. Less than, a, less than a year ago. Yep. He, was, uh, he was funny. He was also very personal. He was really, really nice. And uh, uh, cannot wait to hear his journey because, I mean, he's actually made a living as a comedian. Which yeah blows your mind because it's got to be very difficult to have done that he's been doing it for i guess uh, quite a few years i'd say 40 years that is quite a few years few years yeah well that's you know a, and he, and that's a four dad. straight decades and he's a dad and he's a dad and uh and and traveled you know it didn't have an uh, wasn't an ordinary father right it wasn't yeah. the average father because of his line of work but you know just thinking about his act you know he is a comedian that's not doing a lot of new stuff he's not dirty but he was he was funny regardless because he did so much about family. That's right. I did talk about family, but I did this. Um, he was probably one of the guys who wanted to go back to the Borscht Belt, you know, the old. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> the, the if you could go nose, back in yeah. time and yes. and hear this guy just as he was starting out. Yes. Amazing stuff. I bet. Hey, you know who you know who we think of as family? Um, I'm thinking is that Becky Berman? That's Becky Berman. A BermanCS.com. Berman branding. BermanCS. Dot com. That's the website you want to go to. Also, uh, check out her social media pages, at Berman Branding. That's at Berman Branding, Instagram, Facebook. Not only will she provide you with the best possible service in graphic design, marketing, website designs, but she'll also give you some tips and tricks. You know, Adam tricks D. Tricks and treats. It's Halloween. Tricks so and tricks. You know, and Adam D., she is uh, helping with my marketing brand, with my whole company, my business. I am shifting everything. We're about to launch. We're about to launch my new website, Coach Randy says. It's still it's the same coach, you know, the web the web address domain, but we're launching everything new. We're we are transforming Coach Randy. Coach Randy says is gonna be my main platform for coaching, speaking, consulting. Wait till you see what she's putting together for me. You're blowing you, that whole thing up. It huh? is it is gonna All right, well buckle up. Buckle up. Coach Randy says is We're going to the back. moon. We're going to the moon. You're going to the moon, but you have uh, a great fellow astronaut in Becky Berman. Becky Berman. She's taking me there. Lead me on. All right. BermanCS.com. That's BermanCS, as in consulting services, 
Facebook.com. You won't be disappointed. And we're on social media at Bad to the Dad on Instagram, Twitter, or even on LinkedIn, which is kind of cool. How about that LinkedIn? Yeah, that's like a business. Like, we're like business. Yeah. Like people, people kind of a- look at. I can see through LinkedIn people making comments and stuff. So they're viewing us. They're, they're views, us. and yeah. we get. They don't think we can see that, but we can see that. <laughs> Big Brother is watching. Oh yeah. Well. Big Daddy is watching. Bone Daddy is watching. Bone Daddy here in the den. So you can check us out on all those social media platforms. And, of course, our website, which is a great hub of information on Bad to the Dad, www.badtothedad.com. Again, it's our ninth episode of Season 4. Season 4, number 9. We're 4-9. I, uh, it's going fast. You know, we've been stuck indoors for so long uh, since March. Right? Who so, even knows what day it is? I, I, and I, it's, still, it's still 2020, <laughs> right? Like, That's too I, bad. I, I think so. But uh, we do know that uh, the, 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 we jump forward. We jump forward. We're, you know, oh, this, we're, yes, we're this jump, weekend. We, this we are jumping, you know, we're, we're, we're jumping forward. This is no, we'll actually move the clocks back. Uh, we fall backwards, yes. We fall back, we but fall we're back. just moving forward yes. with the season. Okay. Yes. You saw what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, I wasn't sure if there were dots added back. No, there's... Um, and it's going to be dark again, and this has been a crazy week because it's all in, you know, it's 8, then it's 7, then it's 6, 5, we got a big election coming up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Craziness, we got some lunacy, great stuff from the news. Um, but people are voting. People are voting you like know, crazy. I know in here. our state they said like 63% of eligible voters have mm-hmm. already voted. You know, listen, we, and we heard... You know, Jonah Kaplan, last last episode, talk about what's happening in North Carolina. So, crazy week. I mean, only got a couple days until the election. It's been four years. So, this, I think, really typifies my week. Yes. All right. So, we're talking about the election. Yes. And I think uh, when most people have been describing the election, they've yes. been using profanity. It's <laughs> profanity. Just, it doesn't matter which side of the aisle yes. you're on. I yes. think they've been using profanity. Yes. And... Nothing to do with the election. It was just my, my way of entreeing the, the discussion. <laughs> Great segue. Yeah. So I don't know what it is. Maybe we've been spending too much time with one another, but the Chandler family, that's, yes. that's my real last name. Yes. It's not just D period. It's yeah. the Chandler family. Yeah. You know, we have probably been using more profanity than is absolutely necessary when describing things. Yes. So this past weekend, mm-hmm. we decided to have a contest. Mm-hmm. All right. Whoever can go throughout the day without using a profane word wins really so all four of you yes michelle yes Perry, my 12 year old boy who should not be cursing yes. my 15 year old boy should not be cursing and then you know there's yes michelle I, and i were the parents and we we have a certain I am, a certain I have, undescribed I, I, license I would, let's just say i would fill that bowl up i would yeah. not come close to any it would i would last maybe half an hour well that's the thing so we really challenged ourselves 45 minutes max we took a day trip to princeton Oh yes, that's beautiful good. place to we spend a fall day. We had Dano over. We had a play yes, day. Yes, thank you for babysitting Dano. Dano and Winnie, they yes. got along famously. Oh. But again, if you if you live in the Northeast and you get a chance to go to Princeton, which yeah. I think is one of these underrated day yes. trips, walk down Nassau Street. Yeah. They do the outdoor dining thing great. Yes. Walk the campus. You got uh-huh. the fall foliage thing. You're in the Must shadow. Really nice. of that. It was beautiful. Were the students around? There were students around. Okay. Yeah, it was crowded, but you didn't feel like people were on top okay. of you. Uh, I went to the Princeton Record Exchange. Shout out to the Princeton Record Exchange. Where I actually had to wait. Really? I had outside? to wait 10 minutes. We're talking like vinyl? Vinyl. CDs. Wait, people still buy vinyl? Well, vinyl's like a collector's item, and now they're selling turntables. But that's not the point of my story. We could talk about that later. Sorry. Thank you for taking me down that rabbit hole. I want to talk about profanity. Profanity, yes. <laughs> we get in the car. I 
pull out onto the street, uh-huh. get onto the highway. Immediately somebody cuts me off. I'm out. Yep, you're done. I'm out. Here comes the F-bomb. Boom. Yep. Okay. All right. And of course, everyone shouts out. Uh-huh. Daddy's done. All right. This is about an hour drive. Yes. I would say 35 minutes into it, uh-huh. three of us were out. <laughs> Who followed you? Uh, Michelle. Yes. And then uh, it was Aiden. No, oh. maybe it was Aiden and Michelle. Yeah. Okay. And then Perry lasted, I think, until dinner time. Dinner time. Good for her. Good for her. Yeah, but I also, if I remember, you uh, had a big golf tournament. We did. So we had my son Aiden's first yeah. U.S. Kids Golf Tournament mm-hmm. down at Forsgate yeah. in uh, Monroe, New Jersey, which is really one of the most beautiful golf courses mm-hmm. in the Northeast. So, but they have a but they have a name for dads. That are there with your kids playing golf. Daddy caddy. Daddy caddy. I, I was the daddy caddy. You were a daddy caddy. So that was a great experience. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because I get to schlep his bag around for 18 holes. Now this did, is a long course. Now, dude. did you happen to see any of the crazy dads out there kind of working hard on the kids? Or The dads were so cool. We made friends with so many other cool kids uh-huh. and dads. You know you got to watch out for? Who? Moms. Moms. Coach, yeah. I saw, before you tee off, you can practice at the driving range uh-huh. and the putting green. Sure, to yourself. Saw a lot you of tiger moms. You can practice your putts. You, I knew we eventually would get there some, sometime. Like, you would see moms dragging their kids by the arm with one hand and holding the club with another and saying, Here, putt. You tee off in a half an hour. You need to putt. You haven't been putting all week. You need to putt now. You practice your putts in a long time. And it was like, there you go again. Yes. But it's all my fault because yes. I keep setting you up. You do. They're like, mom, mom, I know how to putt. Practice your putts. Pack your putts. Because you need to win this tournament. You need to win yes. that faux gold medal. <laughs> so for us, I mean, Aiden was obsessive on the on the driving range because yeah. he didn't want to embarrass himself. He did great. We didn't come in anywhere near first, but that wasn't the point of this it was just, thing. It was just an experience, right? Just an experience. I think it was an eye-opener. It was very humbling. There's some pretty good golfers out there. There are yes. some really good golfers, uh-huh. um, and they're so little, yeah. too. Now, we were in the 12-year-old 12, 12 no, like 7-8-year-old kids that are dressed up to the nines, right? Dressed up to the nines as if they are legitimate country club golfers, right? Yeah, but I mean, they're like 7-year-old kids who are hitting the ball like 180 yards. <laughs> like, what are you feeding these yes. kids? Where are they making kids like this? Green beans. Yeah, green beans with something else, but uh, they they raise them on a different planet. A lot of fun. Yeah. Big time challenge. You know, the way my son is taught to play golf is you play from the red tees, which are the family or ladies tees. Uh If you're feeling really bold and there's not too much distance between the red and the whites, you play the whites. Yeah. And that's how we play golf. Every hole was different. Sometimes they had you playing from the black tees. Oh, wow. Sometimes from the blue tees. And occasionally from from the Reds. So a lot of cultural diversity in the golf game. Uh, quite a bit, but I think every color of the rainbow was was represented. Mm-hmm. Yes, if you're trying to get me to say were there a lot of Asian kids? No, I'm trying to get. A, there's a black, quite a few. Black, white, we red. We had black. Uh, we had Hispanic. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, it, it was just a really nice community to get to know, and nobody was like, "New kid, uh, I'm not having, I'm not having any of that." And you walked right. Oh, yeah. You walk. Yeah. What'd you wear? Do you wear sneakers? Uh, I wore sneakers. I wore my uh, my Brooks's. I wore mm-hmm. uh, I wore the khakis. Did you, I mean, did you look like a golfer? Like, like, like the I part? look like a golfer's dad. Yeah. Yeah. I thought maybe they'd give me like the bib. You know, the caddies wear a bib. No, no. A couple of dads in bibs. Yeah. And I'm like, really? Yeah. You go in Halloween costume here? Or do you actually wear that on the course? They're probably least with the option to buy. Mm. Uh, we haven't had a flitch line. Not had a flitch some time. Line. Give me a pound for there that. You go there. We have not had a. Uh, no, that's yeah. why. Well, like that's like a nice week for us. We uh, 
We went apple picking. picking with oh, you the, did uh, that too? Yes, it was... Uh, we figured it was probably the last weekend we could go apple picking. And at first, I got to tell you, didn't want to do it. Yeah. Uh, and Jessa wanted to, and Michaela wanted to, and Bree were like, no. But then I realized that we spent all of our time playing softball, which is finally... All done. Oh, it's over. All done. Oh, all so done. next week we may have an ap- episode where we don't talk about <laughs> we softball. Yes, we're not. This is it. There's no you more sure? Talk. This is no more talk. This is all last right. time we talk about softball. This is it. Boom, dropped it. Is no there more. another sport that I need to be prepared for? Nope, just more softball in the winter, but not <laughs> workouts. That's that's why we take a break yes. in the winter. Yes, uh, but we decided okay, go. And she went to this place called uh, Renamide, Renamir. Uh, it was out um, at Pat Isn't that Mandem. the experimental <laughs> yeah, vaccine that, for that, COVID? That, that, that Renzimir, whatever it was. It was a Ren- Renzimir? Uh, I forget the name. It started an R. Um, we'd gone there a number of years ago when my older kids were young. And I was a little nervous because of social distancing and wearing a mask. But the sun came out and we actually had a very nice time. We, we really did. We walked around different types of apples. The best part is we met... This guy named Bill. We're out. We're in the middle of the orchards, and out from a tree steps out this guy, Bill, and he's wearing a Chester Cardinals baseball jacket, and he has man hands. Okay. And we don't. I don't know who he is. So already, I'm disturbed by this story. A guy just emerges out of a tree in an apple farm. But so I'm like, who is this guy? And he he talks to the girls and starts. You know, I need you to do is I need you to put your right hand up, and I need you to you know. Make this sign, and they make this sign, they make this sign, and make this sign. And he has the girls, and I'm like, what's going on here? But you could see his hands were like old man, really strong hands. And what he was doing is teaching the girls how to, you don't want to pull the apple, you want to twist, twist the apple. It. And what he was saying is that it's about finger dexterity. And as he's talking about it, Michaela goes, oh, it's like being a softball pitcher. And next thing you know, we're talking about softball. And he's like, you know, if you really want to be a good softball player, you have to have really, really strong fingers. And before you know it, on the way back, McKenna, like, we got to work out some kind of conditioning thing for her to straighten her fingers. So going to the orchard even had a chance to learn from this guy named Bill. Nicest old guy, driving a golf course, maybe even owned the place. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we, we did that. So we got 16 pounds. Of apples? 16 pounds of apples. Can I ask you a question? You can. What kind of apples did you buy? <laughs> We had stamen and a whole bunch of others. Uh huh. Any delicious apples? <laughs> no, there were no delicious apples. Delicious apples are not not grown here. Well, I also remember yes. that your wife in the shop right was giving me well, hell for buying delicious yes, apples. Yes, and because delicious apples really aren't a really good apple. They now this vineyard had this orchard had Honeycrisp, but they were already out. But we have sixteen pounds of apples. Yeah. Do you know how much sixteen pounds of apples? Cost. That's enough apples to make, you know, several apple crisps. So apple pies, everything else. Yep. We'll do some baked apples. So it was like $36 for the apples. Now, you don't just go apple picking for apples. You also go pumpkin. Well, you got to get the pumpkins. And so, maybe you go to the store. You get a pie. So we, some we cider. Some cider. So we got some cider. And then the donuts, oh, right? And then apple cider donuts. Oh, oh, my gosh. And so, yeah. And these donuts were fresh, like warm donuts. And, you know, because if you're, you're watching, you're trying to eat healthy, sure. you know, but they, you can also get chicken fingers, you can get um, funnel cakes. It was uh, the the pumpkin. When all was said and done, we spent $70 on a pumpkin. Aren't we, aren't we just apples. fools? Aren't we fools? We go to these places to pick our own apples, apples. so we're doing the work. Do all the work. And we're spending $70 
where you could probably spend seven dollars yeah. in a shop right yeah. and get two bushels. You know, but I have to admit, it was uh, just great being with my family. Mm-hmm. And uh, was there any profanity? The, there, uh, every now and then, I'm the one that usually uh, oh, you would have lost. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, but the uh, we had a nice time. So it's it's now it's the end of October. You know, it's this daylight savings times now, and so it's not gonna be the same. So uh, I'm glad we did it. Uh, it was a good week. I'm looking forward to our guest, Mark Schiff. We have a good guest. He's coming up. Comedian, entertainer, writer. I think you're really gonna like him. Mark Schiff's coming up on Bad to the Dead. We are Bad to the Dad with Coach Randy and Adam D. Remember, you can interact with us via good old email. Contact us at badtothedad.com. That's contact us at badtothedad.com. You might have a show idea. You might have a guest idea. You may want to sponsor Bad to the Dad. Sponsor Adam D. And join Becky Berman. Yes, Becky Berman at bermancs.com. Countless others that are just lining up around the corner to be sponsors on Bad to the Dad. Coach, I'm excited about our guest. You're excited. I've been, talk- I'm excited. I've been talking about this this guest since even before this this season started. I know this is one of our favorites of the, uh, and it comes right at the apex of our season. We're just reaching the top, so we're going to go with the top. And then we have to stay at the top because mm-hmm. the only other direction is we got to plateau down down rolling. So Mark Schiff is with us. Mark Schiff is an extremely funny, very talented comedian, actor, writer. And um, spending a lot of time in his office, so we're we're happy that we're able to get him. And, and Mark, I know this was a long time coming trying to get you on the show. We are so happy that you were able to make time for us. Thanks so much for being on Bad to the Dead. You're welcome, and I'm glad this is the apex for you. It is certainly not for me the apex. This <laughs> <laughs> goes what kind of lives we have. Well, Mark, Mark sets his bar, you know, much much higher than just two dudes in a basement with a, with a microphone between them. So I don't. No, thank him. you for having me. I really. Um, had nothing to do until um, July 6th of next year. So this is... Uh, got some time is, on your hands. I got set free for the next seven months. No, it's good to be here. And good to see... I haven't, uh, Last time uh, we were kind of together was when I was in New Jersey. Yeah, so just so the people know, our the listeners, uh, we, we, knew of Mark, we knew of Mark for a while, but we actually got to see Mark perform live at a benefit for our synagogue in Caldwell, New Jersey. And uh, we're still talking about it. And still talking about all the money we made. Hopefully, you made some money out of that, Mark, and you negotiated well. Um, if not, I'll talk to our treasurer. But uh, that was uh, that was that was a, a really good show. So hopefully, it was just as memorable was, for uh, you as it was for us. That was BC before COVID. Before COVID, yeah. yeah. Why we, it was a very memorable show for many many reasons. Now it was, it was I thought it was a terrific show. It was a terrific audience, and um, you know. But if you remember, it was four days after the shooting. Mm. Yeah, this, so, was, this was in December. Uh, which shooting? There's been oh, so yeah, many. Uh, <laughs> Can you be more specific about shootings? Well, it's it the attack on the Jewish community. Okay, there. gotcha. Mm-hmm. I got so, you. Yeah. And for, so, well, it was an amazing, uh, they still had the show. It was a terrific audience. And at the end, we all took a little moment to remember what was happening because we all know that that could happen anywhere at any time. That's right. Yeah, that's right. So yeah. It, it was also really- it was also the uh, the three drink minimum that we charged 
at the door to make sure that it our- was that too. Yeah. You know, the free, the, the free uh, brugula and sponge cake. You can never go wrong. And I got to tell you, Mark, you know, I've never seen the pews so packed. I mean, I, I think he actually outdid our Yom Kippur numbers. So, so Mark, you're, you're, you're a comic and, uh, you know, for the longest time you were a, 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 certainly a, a working comic. And I know that you had toured and opened for, for Jerry Seinfeld. Um, what's life been like for you the last seven or eight months? Has it been completely, completely dry or have you been able to, you know, so, kick up some smoke? I've been blessed. I've been a stand-up comic and I've worked nonstop for 40 years. Wow. And it, it's very rare in the business. I've never, aside for a couple wow. of it's amazing. There, but uh, I've been blessed and uh, to always work. Um, I toured with Seinfeld for the last 15 years. We've been all over the world together. We went to Israel twice together hmm. and uh, toured there, uh, all over Canada, the United States. And then all of a sudden, one day, the, uh, they blew the whistle and they go, everybody off the train. Hmm. And um, it came to a grinding halt for every stand-up comedian. And what we do is, is, is live. I've been writing like crazy. And I've, uh, re you know, I'm a writer anyway because when you're a stand-up, you have to write your own stuff. Which do you write for? Do you write for somebody now? I do not. I, uh, I, I, you know, I help. There's a woman I help once in a while, but I never wanted to make anybody funnier. But <laughs> on their own. God bless you. You know, I had to learn how to do it on my own. You learn how to do it on your own. What kind of writing do you do? So anyway, um, what I started to do was. Um, the last couple of years, anyway, every once in a while, I would write an article for something called the Jewish Journal out here. And then I had about 10 articles and I, that I'd written for them. And I thought, all right, during COVID, it looks like I'm going to be tucked away a while. I'm going to write a book. I'm going to write articles. And I wrote 51 articles. All mm. published. And uh, now I got an agent in New York. And it's a combination of a little bit of Jewish, a little bit of funny, and a little bit of point of view. And uh, we're going to try to uh, put it together as a book. So is it like short stories, memoirs? No, they're uh, essays, like, um, you know, things that go on in people's lives. You know, it's, it's, it's like my comedy, you know, which is everyday stuff. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's nothing political. It's nothing that you have to have read or know about. It's about what goes on in your life. Mark, when you were growing up and you were a young comic and you were learning the craft, who were some of your inspirations? Who did you like going to see? So, um, again, I had an epiphany when I was 12 years old. Don't ask me to spell epiphany, but I had. And uh, my parents, when I was 12, took me to see Rodney Dangerfield at a place called the Boulevard Nightclub on Boulevard. You're 12. 12 years old. They, I'm an only child. So when you're an only child, they take you everywhere. Mm -hmm. You know, you're the whole ball of wax. They don't want to lose you because you're all they got. If you got three, four, five kids, if one disappears, all right, you got a couple more. <laughs> That's it. So um, they took me to this nightclub, and Rodney Dangerfield was opening the show. And I said, I'd never seen my parents laugh like that in my life. Mm -hmm. And there were three, four hundred people, and they were laughing their heads off. I said, This is what I want to do. I want to be a comedian. And I never looked back. Never looked back. Um, Did you ever get a chance to meet Rodney? I spent many a nights with him once I started doing stand-up. And um, in fact, I'll tell you, uh, he was always very kind to me. Couldn't be nicer. And we got to be friends. And I told him about 12 years old. And uh, he tried to help me a bunch, you know, with, uh, get on a special and all that stuff. But then he, when he was dying, 
his wife called me and he said, she said, go up to UCLA. He's got about a day to live if you want to say goodbye to him. And he was already in like a coma. And I took his hand and I did the Shema with him. And uh, I said goodbye to him for the last time and thanked him for helping me become a great comedian, I hope. Wow, so you, you were really uh, close. And I, you hear a lot of stories like that about Rodney, who was sort of like the, the mentor, the godfather for young comics. How many careers did he start? Sam Kennison, Andrew no. Clay, Roseanne, you know, I mean, there's, there's uh, tons of people that he, he helped. So you knew Rodney. What about, was the, did you ever meet Steve Martin? Yeah. I wrote a play called The Comic. Yeah. And I started, you know, Larry Miller? Yes. Mm -hmm. So Larry Miller and, and another guy, it was a two-person play. And it, it made it all the way to Aspen at the HBO Comedy Festival. And Steve Martin and Billy Crystal came to see the show one night. And then Steve Martin came backstage with Billy Crystal and I got a beautiful photo of the three of us together and they saw my play and uh, that was, that was huge for me. Also, Neil Simon came to see my play and he liked wow. it. And that was flipping huge. I bet. It doesn't get any bigger. Well, it doesn't get any bigger. The one bigger than that would be Robin Williams. Robin and I had a chance to spend time with. We were on stage together and I got a phone call from a guy named Mike Lacey. It was Robin's 40th birthday. And uh, he said, we're having a little party for Robin at the Comedy Magic Club in Hermosa Beach. I'm sure you know where that is. Yes. I, I've been there. I've seen yes. Jay Leno perform yeah. there on uh, Sunday, every, those, one of the Sunday night drop-ins. Yeah. He's been there every Sunday for like 20 years, Jay. Yep. So he said, we're having a little party for uh, Robin. Why don't you come down? He'd like to see you. And we got down there. And it was unbelievable. There were 12 people. 12? <laughs> at this little party. And I'm sitting there going, I know Robin, but I'm, you know, I'm not that close to him that I'm one of the top 12 people in the world to go to his birthday party. But uh, he was he was always terrific, too, and, and a nice guy. Mm -hmm. um, Randy, I tell you, you're doing a great job of, of not just name dropping, but inciting personal stories yeah. for Mark. And Mark Schiff, by the way, is our guest on Bad to the Dad. Great comedian, great writers, uh, toured with, with Jerry Seinfeld for, he said, the better part of a 15 years. We started together. I was a cook at the comic strip, 1976 or seven. And he was working at a place called Bruinberger. He was a waiter. And he also sold light bulbs to make money. He had a little moped and he, saw, and he worked at Bruinberger. So if you're a young person and you're a comedian and you want to be a comedian and you're selling light bulbs, keep selling them and try to be funny. It can happen for you. Now, I know that you have three boys, right? Did any, yes. of them go in the, did any of them go in the family business? Yes. So I got three boys, Jacob, Eli, and Noah, three good biblical names. And if uh, I knew I was going to have three boys, I would have named them Mo, Larry, and Curly. <laughs> <laughs> you just don't know. You, yeah. know? And, uh, you just don't know. You just don't know. And we, we didn't know what we were going to get after the first, the first one we knew. So my son... My oldest son, Jacob, is an agent at CAA. Oh, wow. okay. And he's, he works with uh, comedians and writers. And I know he's a great agent because he won't return my phone calls. And my other son is uh, a producer of uh, reality TV. Huh. What, what has he done that we might have seen? Bear Grylls, you know that show? Oh, yeah. You out in the wild? Yeah, he's on his way to Costa Rica in about a week and a half to go shoot with Bear Grylls down I'm there. glad to see somebody's traveling. You know, so... Um, and I have, and I pitched him an idea. The, you got kids. When they get older, it's the weirdest thing 
to go ask your kids for work. I mean, <laughs> personally, I, I don't really find it humbling. I find it humorous that, uh, and when my kids turn me down, I go, you know, I, I, I should have thrown you out when you were two. I was going to say, I mean, isn't there a little give and take there? I mean, uh, first, I mean, you gave them some this stuff. This is show business, baby. It's, it, it's, not, it's not called show work or show fun. It's, no, called- it's like, it's not personal dad. It's the business. <laughs> it's the business. Yeah. Show fun. Be, yeah, that's right. It's show business. That's right. <laughs> we're going to be legitimate in five years. Grab the cannolis. <laughs> <laughs> Leave the gun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What about the third one? You didn't, you didn't talk about him. Do you still like okay. him or is he the black sheep? Yeah. So the third one is doesn't the, the first, the first two live here. The youngest lives in New York and he's in uh, finance. He's got a beautiful apartment on the 21st floor with a great view of Manhattan. And I, I never lived like that. It's, it's, my kids are all doing much better than I ever did. It's hard. Yeah. But isn't that what we want is our kids to do better than us? No. <laughs> are you out of your mind he, he wants them coming back and begging for money begging for money <laughs> i don't want to beg them for my retirement <laughs> hey just remember they, they choose your nursing home just remember <laughs> i diapered you you diaper me That's no. <laughs> I, I think mark is going to lock the door and uh, we're just going to find him in this seat <laughs> when, whenever it's time but the, the the beautiful thing is all three kids are working yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, they're 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 out of the house on their own, and uh, and they've had great childhoods. You know, I didn't have a great childhood. That's why I became a comedian. And uh, saying to my kids, it's a great question to ask your kids. You say to them, uh, I, I said to my kids a number of times, "How was your childhood? Come on, spill it out. Let me know. You got any gripes? What did I do wrong? Well, what do you want to deal? You want to deal with something with me? Come on, let, let's have it right now." And they've not come up with anything. So either they're the biggest bunch of liars or they're going to take me to court one day. I have no idea. <laughs> I, I love asking them that question. So, Mark, when you, were, when you were raising these kids, were you taking them to comedy clubs? Were you coaching Little League Baseball? What was their childhood like? And what were you doing with them when they were, when they were little? Great question. So my first son spent the better half of the first two years of his life. My, my wife was a stay-at-home mom for the first seven years. Then she uh, got a job and started working out of the house. So she was able to spend those years with the, uh, the first two. And when they were really young, we traveled, they traveled all over the country with me, the comedy clubs and theaters and whatever I was doing. So my kid was raised like uh, some nights, um, a waitress would sit and watch him while I was on stage or something like that, you know, and, uh, so yeah, they spent time. I was always a little leery when I took them to Vegas and they would see, you know, at three and they would see these showgirls with these hooters walking by and <laughs> flashing slot machines. I'm going, well, what am I doing to these kids? You know, cause it's implanted in their brain, you know, and uh, not, you know, they would stare at these women and I'm going, you know, you don't breastfeed off of everybody, you know, you got to pick and choose. But they did spend a lot of time uh, backstage and uh, they came up to when I did the, um, uh, comedy festival in uh, Canada, laughs. Um, and oh yeah, they came up there and hung out with Mary Tyler Moore and Gild- and, and people like that up there. So it was all they enjoyed it, and I think uh, it's one of the reasons. And they're enjoying being in show business. It's it's fun to work with exciting show business people. When you decided at twelve, did you realize the path you were headed down in terms of where you were going to go and how 
how challenging it might have been? When I was 12? Um, no, but, you know, in order to become a comedian, you cannot have another plan. There's no B plan. Yeah. Mm. You know, it, the people with the B plan and the C plan don't really uh, nail this thing. You have to want it more than anything else and not, and, and, and if you fail at it and you're not making any money after a certain amount of time, then you got to give it up. But um, I knew I wanted to do this more than anything. And I knew I wanted to make people laugh and I liked the effect of it. Um, and I like to hanging out and I like being with funny people. You know, I had jobs and uh, growing up and they, I always got fired because I was always miserable at the job. They would call me and I remember the bosses would go, you know, Mark, uh, I'm going to have to let you go. You're a nice guy, but everybody's depressed around you. you know? <laughs> I would depress people because I, I look, they could tell on my face I didn't want to be there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. when you don't want to be somewhere, it's obvious. Yeah, you no, got to go for your uh, passion, right? I have, a, I have a dear friend, Jeff Rothman, out in Los Angeles. Jeff um, Rothman, I know him well. You know Jeff? Terrific writer. Oh, we're, having, we're having a breakthrough here. Oh my we're gosh. having a moment. He and I met in camp back in uh, 1982. Uh, I know um, him and his wife. Yeah, so you, Marsha. Marsha and I were in grad school together. Um, and uh, he's funny. He's still funny. Uh, but now he, he does stuff with, um, <laughs> I hate to say it, the puppet guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He writes for, um, oh, God, me too. I'm forgetting. But he's. Not Dunham, is it? Yeah, Jeff, Jeff Dunham. Jeff Dunham. Jeff Dunham. Jeff Dunham. Yeah, I worked with uh, I, I I worked with um, Ruth Pan when he was doing stand up. We've done shows together. Ha! I love this. I love it. that's more the Jewish geography. He's uh we go way back. Marsh and I grad school, um, but I remember he he decided to not to pursue this so much uh, front of the crowd. He did more. He decided to go on the writing because he just found it to be much more lucrative in terms of making a living from it. Absolutely, for some that's true and. For other people, you know, they don't want to go on the road. They don't want to deal with hotels and planes and mm -hmm. planes yep. and, you know, freezing nights. So it really depends. So, Mark, you, you obviously know our friend uh, Rob Field, who opened for you at, at the synagogue show. And, you know, Rob, and he's gotten me into some of these these types of events. Yeah, he's these, out there now. These, these Zoom shows, these shows in parking lots, these sort of alternative sites. Uh, it seems like, you know, you don't have to do comedy in a comedy club anymore. Um, I don't know, you may not get discovered at an Irish bar restaurant, but at least you've got a stage for that kind of craft. Mm -hmm. Have you seen that kind of scene evolve out in, in L.A., again, pre-COVID, or is it basically one-stop shop? It's got to be the comedy club or bust. Okay, so those places absolutely exist here. Uh, that's how I started in New York, working the Irish pubs. I remember there was one place, an Irish bar that I worked, and I can't remember the name of it now, but um, the guys were sitting at the bar, and I was in the other room standing on top of a pool table, <laughs> screaming into the room in the other, you know, the people in the other room. Um, those places exist. They have all these alternative rooms out here in L.A. that yeah. don't do, but it's really the young comedians, like people like 20, 22, 23 years old, and people that can stay up later than 1030 at night. <laughs> so you prefer the uh stand up in front of the crowd did you ever do anything like you know the ground leagues or sctv and kind of that kind of um... no, i did I, I did improvisation i studied improvisation I, yeah I, I did i used to do a thing where i would improvise a song at the end of my act i would get a guitar player up and he'd play a simple blues thing and i would ask the audience for a first line and a last line mm -hmm. of a song but i didn't do a lot of improv um 
I, I was more of a writer and I wanted to live and die by my words. Good for you. That's awesome. Mark, Mark Schiff, our guest here on Bad to the Dad, comedian, writer. Now, do you do social media? Do you do social media? A little bit. You know, I do um, Facebook and some Twitter. What's your Twitter handle? What's your Twitter handle? What is your Twitter? You need, you need a public speaking course. <laughs> Isn't it at Mark Schiff? That's it, right? Yeah, let's, Mark let's, Schiff. let's go on social media together, Mark, and see. But I know you've got a great website, and that's yeah, Mark, Mark Schiff. That's com. Mark with a K, Schiff, yeah. S-C-H-I-F-F.com. Yeah. Mark Schiff is, again, our guest on Bad to the Dad. Mark, we uh, usually take it on home. We land the plane, if you will. Of this uh, of this interview segment, with uh, a segment called Dad Vice, where we simply ask the dads on our show for advice that they can share with other dads who are listening. Um, it's a great question. Okay, so there's a couple of things in there. First of all, you're not raising a child; you're raising an adult. You're only children for a short amount of time. Blink of an eye, they're adults. So your job is not to send an annoying human being into the world. <laughs> That's your main job. Not to send some nasty putz who's going to annoy people and bother them and ask for things they don't deserve and think they should, you know, get everything first. You don't want this. So you have to give them vitamin N, which is no. <laughs> you have to learn no, they're, not, they're not your friend you didn't have the child to make another friend I got enough friends you know and my wife was there before the child and she's going to be there after the child leaves so the marriage comes first so these are all important things for the child to see if you want them to grow up and be a normal person that gets married and raises a family if um, so, they have to see a cohesive marriage to the best of your ability. They have to understand the word no, and they have to understand not your friend, you know, you love them, but then you'll do almost anything in the world for them. I got an example, I'll, I'll tell you, you know, my son, one of my sons, uh, cheated in school and got kicked out of school. Uh -oh. So, and it was an unfair punishment they gave him because the two other kids that got caught didn't kick the, get kicked out. But whatever that is, this is what happened. Their parents must have been larger donors than you. That's probably the case. That's exactly what happened. They, they, they had a lot of dough. So um, I said to my son, you know something? And we got him in another school, no problem. And I said, you know something? I'm glad this happened to you when you were 14 or 15 rather than when you were 30 and could go to jail for doing bad stuff. Maybe you learned your lesson now. That, you know, things have price tags on them when you do certain things. And as much as this hurts, it's going to work out to be the best thing that ever happened to you. And, uh, you know, I'm not big on taking his side when they, he does a, the wrong thing. So, they don't always like that. I had one experience with him. I'll tell you a farther thing. It's interesting. A son, I used to say, one of my kids would hit me once in a while, you know, which... I, I totally wrong. And I was in a restaurant and uh, with him when he was a little kid, he was like, yeah, this was when he was real little, like four or five. And he, he smacked me. 
So uh, only my wife can do that to me. Yes. <laughs> With cuffs on. Well, yeah, and then he asked for another. Yeah. So um, I took him out into like towards the bathroom into a little like before you go in the bathroom was a little waiting area there with his phone and all so I, I got down on his level on my knees and i said if you ever do that again i'm gonna hit you back and he smacked me again <laughs> and i smacked him really hard i mean i just nailed him you could do that back then yes, in a public can. place and they would cheer you on give yeah, another one <laughs> Now that's a dad who knows how to raise a kid. Yeah, well. Speaking of life lessons. He didn't hit me again. Didn't hit me again. And uh, when we went out, his face was red. My wife said, what, did you hit him? I said, yeah. He hit me first. <laughs> and did so, she hit you? But anyway, um, good, bad, or indifferent. We have good relationships, but um, they got to have respect for you. Right. Yeah, I tell you, there's a lot of really good, poignant stuff that just came out of that. My, I think the, the probably the most important line we've heard in four seasons yeah. of doing this is, don't raise a putz. Yes. <laughs> and my only regret is that we didn't have Mark Schiff on earlier, earlier. to hear that. Some more dads to hear, just <laughs> don't, don't raise don't, a putz. I cannot wait to put that on our social media feed. Don't raise a Dad putz. Dad advice from Mark Schiff, don't raise a putz. <laughs> there you go. That's it. <laughs> talk, about a, talk about a great title of book, right? Don't raise well, a putz. Well, I also think I found my mantra. <laughs> Yeah, don't raise your butts, don't raise your butts, don't raise your butts. <laughs> Mark Schiff, comedian, actor, entertainer, writer. Mark, this was this was a, a great joy. Randy, I'm not done. You have something you want to? No, I just want to let Mark know not to uh, jump off. We're just about finishing up, so we want to a little chat afterwards. We have our after talk. Oh, well, post chat. Yeah, post chat. Yeah, this is like the cutting room floor stuff, yes, but it's yes. good for us. Good for us. All right, Mark Schiff. Our, Mark, thanks again. Again, where can we find you online? Uh, MarkShift.com is uh, really the best place or at uh, MarkShift on Twitter. We are Bad to the Dead. Download us wherever you find podcasts. We're Bad to the Dad with Coach Randy and Adam D. Remember, you want to find us on social media, we're there, at Bad to the Dad, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, at Bad to the Dad is where you want to find us. And of course, our website is www.badtothedad.com. Stories from Mark Schiff. Um, you know, you think you know a guy, and then all of a sudden, you, you, you drop a comedian's name. He's having dinner with this one. He's at a, a birthday party with that one. And it's he knows my friend Jeff Rothman. And uh, that was the most enormous thing that happened the entire interview. No, I, th I mean, that is, you know, first of all, it's, it's you know, six degrees of separation. It's a very it's small world. But in, in, the, in, the Jewish, in the Jewish world, not only can you relate to people, but yeah. you may actually be related to them. You know, and so I'm not, it's not a surprise. Jeff is very, very talented. He, mm -hmm. uh, and he actually was very kind. He got us tickets to go see Jeff Dunham. You were out of town. You couldn't go. Nope. And we brought... Uh, that was when, again, yes. I traveled. Yes, you, you did travel. Left so, the area. Uh, now I feel like I'm and, in purgatory. Uh, we, uh, we, listened, we went with another family, and we had... Uh, um, we were like three, three or four rows back from the front. Well, you're pretty highfalutin there, aren't you? Yeah, no. And uh, that Jeff, Jeff Dunham, he's got good stick. But he... This guy, I, I was... I just happened fascinated by the, that world. Yeah. I, I sometimes feel that... If I was to come back, I would do something in entertainment. Yeah. That I don't know what it would be, but I love the idea of entertaining and stories. And I don't know if I would be a comedian, 
because that's a crazy life, man. Yeah. I mean, it's a hard life just in terms of the travel and everything else, but the idea of maybe writing comedies, and I do, I, I think someday it would be fun for shits and giggles is just kind of sit down and, like, write a movie, and I can, like, Blazing Saddles. Can you imagine these guys writing this movie, Blazing Saddles, or Caddyshack, or, or oh, Fletch? Yeah. And just, and he's writing stories, so I guess there's a lot of his writing on his own. But he's a well, fascinating I mean, individual. He, he should write a book about the genesis of being a comedian and meeting all these these special guest stars along the way. Well, Re- really was, good uh, stuff. And, uh, you know, of course... We, we didn't were, even look at our watches the entire time. No, and then, uh, of course, we had some great conversation before we started recording the conversations afterwards. That's the, the plus that we get is yep. uh, doing our own podcasts is, you know, is get the chance to talk more to our, to our guests. Uh, but again, this was you this one. This was you this time. You got him. It, well, I, ha- I, I have to thank uh, Rob Field, first yeah. of all. So Rob Field was our guest, uh, episode two, season one, if you're playing the if game you're at counting home. The, If you're counting them at home. <laughs> and he was actually the guy who, quote-unquote, Ubered. He picked Mark up at the airport, okay. drove him to the synagogue where Mark did his comedy show, uh-huh. and they became fast friends. In fact, Mark was on uh, Rob Field's Facebook Live show, Called it's an uberful life. It's an uberful life. And I was a guest on that show when Mark was appearing. So I, you know, before the show, I said, "Mark, would you like to be on my podcast?" And he got very curious and asked a lot of questions about it. And he said, uh, "I'm I'm all in." So Mark, very gracious guy, and we're thrilled Sweetheart. to have. Him. We'll have him on again. We'll have I mean, him on stories again. about Rodney Dangerfield, Billy Crystal, Robin Williams, Robin Williams, Steve Martin. I mean, just these are these are the people Ringo Starr Ringo Starr Sam Kinison yeah I mean these were people that I you know I admired and loved you know uh, the other day you know there's a TikTok you know King Tut oh yeah Steve right? Martin there's a TikTok they use that song in TikTok and Mikhail and Brianna were both kind if you want a King Tut da da I'm like oh my god that's Steve Martin I mean that was when he did that on Saturday Night Live and he was the banjo man and he's oh. Oh, anyhow, it was really nice kind of just talking to someone who was in the industry and knew these people. Coach, the hit parade of guests continues Continue. in season four. You know, we try to outdo ourselves every season. So coming up, we've got Dan the Bourbon Man. We're going to be talking about bourbons, new bourbons, where to find them. We might be drinking a few bourbons. You'll uh, probably be able to tell while yes, we're doing the interview. We're going to have to do some bourbon. That is, yep. we normally don't drink. When no, we, do, we, no, we, we don't drink in podcasts. No, because we've got to stay sober. Responsible podcast. We're, we're responsible. But if we are going to do with Dan the Bourbon Man, uh, I think that we will have to... Uh, I think it's only right. It would only be fair and reasonable. We've got other wonderful guests coming up. We've got Keith Barbaria, who is the head of NBC Boston Operations. Yes. Boy, what this guy must see in the at, guts yes. of, a, of a TV station. No, I, I looked him up. He's got, uh, he's, got his, he's got elbows deep. He's elbows deep. Yeah. Yeah. He is, he is the go-to. Yeah. I don't know what they're going to him for, but I think they're going to him for everything. And uh, I don't know if Massachusetts is necessarily a battleground state. I don't think it is. They no. usually go blue. Yeah. But and nonetheless, after, big market like that. That'll be, you know, listen, the, the election's this week, so... That's it. Uh, we got <laughs> We have a lot to talk about Well, when we in the come next back in our next, our next episode, I mean, you know, we don't go It's a political. good thing we're going to be having the bourbon man because we're going <laughs> to need to medicate. Yes, we, we might need to medicate uh, just over everything. So, uh, Adam D., a special, special uh, guest once again. Thank you so much for being my partner in this, Adam D. You're the deal. Uh, love bad to the dad. Hey, it's a lot of fun. It is a pleasure, and I mean that with the absolute most sincerity. Dads, we hope you're enjoying season number four. I think you're going to enjoy the home stretch of our season. Stick with us. We're bad to the dad, and dads, have a great week. <laughs>